Good morning and welcome to Downloadable Coffee Dallas. We're, I'm your host, Rebecca, and joining me today is... Michael Sewell. This is a podcast where we recap the events that happen in the DFW area and beyond, as well as take a look back at the v- topics that took over the VGOCC last week. Um, so I've been a little bit disconnected. <laughs> I think I've been pretty disconnected, but everybody's been doing an awesome job. There's plenty of news in the Discord, so if you haven't had a chance to hop on, please let us know. You can contact us through any of our social channels or even on Instagram. All you need to do is type in VGOCC. And you'll find us. How are you doing, Michael? I'm good. I've also been pretty disconnected in uh, crunch time, but you know we get we get good things coming. Ooh, can't wait to hear. Just scrolling through, we have all sorts of news topics uh, from movies to video games to weird releases. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, but before that, let's take a look at past events. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, we had the drink up uh, this past Thursday. Uh, I wasn't there, but were you? I was not. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's assume it went well then. <laughs> I forgot. I had gotten home because last week was also, it was like a week and a half event, but it was uh, South by Southwest also happened down in Austin. Had That's a right, gaming, yeah. So, had a, yeah. Had a gaming expo, had uh, things on blockchain, pretty much all to any technology, VR, AR, as well as, okay, so real quickly, one antidote out of, out of my whole time there. And I had a really good time. I met some really amazing women because I was mostly running around with women that for, sure, for the conference. Yeah. Um, there, there was one where these guys were carrying these signs that were and yelling, the end is nigh, the end is nigh. Oh, of course, uh, as, as one does. Yeah, and so they were handing out these pamphlets, and I was like, "That they don't look like crazy, <laughs> the crazies. Uh, what what are you handing out there? They handed me this this like newspaper, and it's got all these classic headlines um, bringing around doom and gloom and all these things, but when you open it up, it's actually advertisement for the Good Omen, which is series <laughs> coming out. <laughs> what is that? The Good Omen? It's, um, it's a book series, The Good and the Bad Omen, I believe is what it's called. It's oh. an actual series. I want, oh, man. That's Who's clever. Huh. Yeah, it was super, super clever. Um, I, I want to, I can't remember who it is, by the way. Not a sponsor. It was just one really, like, there was a lot of different advertisements advertisements going on there are scooters all over the place uh uber handed out these really awesome sunglasses which are probably the best sunglasses i've had in the last five years <laughs> nice it's just crazy but that of, of all the advertisement that they had that was probably the most unique and the one that stood out the most to me very good cool. um, the good and the bad are i don't know man south by has good really and the expanded bad. it used to just be music right now it's kind of become this giant trade festival for music movies tech politics like anything anything yeah yeah the it's it's a lot i mean even uh what's that one senator's name uh Uh, beto no No. it's it's Uh, a woman she's about the youngest like 29 something um anyway she was at the the oh uh acacio cortez yeah i believe that's aoc yeah yeah aoc Yeah, yeah, she was there at South by giving a talk. So unfortunately, I didn't have a badge, so I can only do things that were around the conference that didn't require badges. Uh, 
And uh, just like GDC, where you've got to learn some tricks on how to get into a lot of the events, it's the same thing with South by. <laughs> so if I manage to go next year, I have a little bit more knowledge on what what to do and how to get involved in that whole whole place. Um, but it can get wild from what I hear. I just got a small splash of it while I was there. Um, I was going to try and find out what it is, but... I don't know. Do you have any other events? That uh, might- let's see. I mean, like, like I said, I've I've been a little out of touch in crunch time, so been uh, I don't know, <laughs> off the radar, off the grid, a little uh, bit. Funny, I think. Ask her, whatever. Somebody in our comment section to tell us what is that series? I forgot the author's name. I don't want to say the wrong one. I thought I knew it, but I'm not too sure. Uh, <laughs> so those are things that we know that I'm sure there is more. I know AllCon also happened. That was an Addison. Um, didn't really have any, anyone go. So let's talk about upcoming events. Upcoming events. Yeah, of course, we have GDC this week. Yes, GDC. So to all our people that may manage to get there, tell us how it is. Tell us what talks you like. They always have some really awesome talks. Uh, I wonder, I was going to say, I wonder how it's going to be this year. I haven't been in like two years. I want to go back next year. I have a goal of going back next year. Um, that, yeah, hopefully next year maybe I could uh, actually give a talk. Yes, you and me both. Uh, then we have, uh, so this is, we're in March, we're in March still. Uh, so on March 27th, Dallas Society of Play or Society of Play, they're doing the Demo Disc Jam kickoff. It starts March 27th and it ends, it's a month long and it ends April 24th. Ew, excuse me. So uh, the theme is, I'm just going to read the details because I really like what they said yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, go for it. The year is 1995, and your favorite CD-ROM publisher, Mega Corporation of Play, is about to release a new CD full of exciting, cutting-edge game demos. It's a competitive marketplace, and corporate has demanded that we produce top-notch 1990s games so we can keep our edge in the cutthroat world of modern video game sales. Join us for a long form of month-long game jam to assemble a collection of games that will be available in a single download. The theme is 90s-era games, complete with all... The fun limitations of PlayStation ones and Nintendo 64 hardware, or at least the aesthetic that mimics those. So it's like low resolutions, pixel texture sprites, low poly models, vertex snapping, just all the fun stuff that went back with those 90 games. (laughs) Oh man, that'll be so cool. Yeah. So it starts March 27th. I'll say it again. They have a meetup midway through the jam on April 8th, and then the wrap-up is on April 24th. So super exciting. Um, and, of course, all of that takes place at Node Coworking. Nice. Yeah, we'll have to, uh, when they finish that, we should share out the link to the uh, the group download for that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. We also have one uh, an event coming up from a bunch of short guys, Building the Cities of Tomorrow in Real Time Today. Uh, there's not much here. It just says, discover how real-time rendering is transforming the landscape of virtual production from senior environmental artist Daniel Nahera <laughs> as a leading expert on per-visualization at NH- HNTB. Um, that's the place. 
So that's going to be at HNTV, which is in Plano. Uh, all information, I've already shared these events on our, and that's March 23rd, by the way. That's a Saturday. Saturday. Um, I've shared them already on our Facebook group, and I'll get them over to our Discord soon. Uh, I have another event coming up, uh, too, actually. Um, first of which is during GDC, at the separate from the conference, uh, the animation community is hosting their own day full of panels and talks that they stream out uh, on Twitch, and they do this from the Twitch offices. Uh, and this is called the Animation Exchange. And uh, anybody can tune in. It's just on the Twitch main page. I think they actually host it on, on the Twitch uh, like office channel that mm -hmm. they have. <clears throat> and it's, uh, it's just like going to GDC Talks, except they're broadcasting out to everybody. Because they didn't want it to be exclusive to you know those who can afford two thousand dollars tickets. That's cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. So if if anybody's interested in animation stuff, you should definitely check it out. Uh, and so, then sorry. No, no, that's that's all the events that I have. If you have another one, please. Yeah, uh, PAX East, of course, is this month. Uh, I believe that starts not this week, but the week after, um, the week of the twenty fifth. So probably starts uh, Thursday or Friday and runs through Sunday, if I had to guess. Okay. Cool. So that'll be pretty exciting. Okay. All sorts of news and announcements coming out of these two weeks. Yes. Time to start watching the comms, <laughs> so to speak. All right. Um, so if we don't have anything else, any other events that we both know of, uh, let's go ahead and hop into the recap. 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 Uh, so there was a lot of things. I see a lot of things, but I'm not sure what you guys covered in uh, from the last podcast. Do do do. Um, so I'll just start with two news articles that I found, and this kind of has a theme. So all three of my news articles has kind of a theme that goes with it, and it's around PCs. Uh, so we have one here from Tech Radar. <clears throat> I have one from Tech Radar. Her PC gamers are critical to the future of Xbox and gaming, says Microsoft. Um, Microsoft Phil Spencer, who's the head of it, mm -hmm. they're talking about how to bring, <clears throat> excuse me, how to bring. Um, uh, how to kind of open up the audience a little bit more by placing more emphasis on adding in uh, PC games and PC releases for some of their top titles. Uh, and that's just kind of going on what they have here. There's a <laughs> uh, Yes, but that, they're not the only ones that are saying that either on who that PC is the future of gaming, even Capcom, which has a article from PC gamer uh, Capcom Exec says PC is an important platform. So again, another one coming out and saying how PCs are so important. I know I'm doing fantabulous. Just let me get through it. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I'm just, I'm just thinking back how, uh, you know, so many companies way back when were like, oh no, PC is a dead platform, right? Yeah, yeah. But I would say that sort of changed. Um, yeah. So Capcom says PC is an important platform. Yeah. I would say kind of that changed around the time that Steam became like a forefront for for buying video games. That that kind of gave it kind of breathed new life into PC gaming. I don't know if you might agree with that, but that's how I feel. 
there was definitely like sort of a decline in it. It became one of those things where if you wanted a great system, you had to go out there and make it sort of yourself. You had to find the right uh, equipment to make sure you had the top gaming machines because games took up a lot of power. Mm-hmm. For the average gamer, the casual gamer that wasn't going to go out and build their master PC, it just became too much of a hassle. So people just kind of moved into where you already had the mates made were right there, right out of the box, ready to go console, <laughs> which had the power of a PC able to do two times more than that. in just graphics alone, based on your TV, if you really want to go that far. Um, so when, Steam came out that kind of just, it felt like to me, it just breathed that new life in there. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm an avid PC gamer myself. I, I am one of those guys who seeks out all the all the parts and builds, you know, the best gaming machine I can. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think Steam was an integral part in in making it easy for people to play games on PC, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then... On top of that, we've got games like League of Legends and Dota and Fortnite and other games that you can play on really low-end machines. So you don't need to have some super powerful computer to play these games. And as these games are, you know, continually becoming some of the most popular in the world, you know, uh, Counter-Strike Go as well is is up there. I think that's still like top three most played games on Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those have have uh, really reached such a wide audience because you know any, everybody's got a machine that can run these. That mm-hmm. on top of the fact that the uh, the Chinese market is just starting to open up, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean that's that's more in like the case of, of the fact that we've seen the the Asian market be so such geared towards more mobile that to see a kind of shift over to PC is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what articles did you have to share? Uh, well, since we're talking about Steam, um, <clears throat> so on the last podcast we briefly talked about how uh, Rotten Tomatoes removed their "want to see" re- review section because people were using it like Steam review bombs, and they were, you know, uh, the most recent example of this I have is uh, Captain Marvel. People were, you know, the the alt right was review bombing. Uh, Captain Marvel, because it's a strong female lead, before the movie came out. Well, mm. Rotten Tomatoes just did away with that feature, so they don't have to worry about that anymore. And also, the movie did really well. Well, following that, now we have an article from Games Industry Dub is, um, where they're outlining how Steam is now making an effort to remove off-topic review bombs from game review scores. So... I don't know how they're doing this exactly. Maybe they've got some sort of algorithm that's parsing through just the text and figuring out like, okay, this is just short. It doesn't shouldn't count towards the actual review score of this game, right? Okay. I wonder uh, if they're also doing that in in because of what happened with what was it Metro Metro Exodus? What happened with them? It's a new Metro game that's coming out. Yeah, uh, it came out last month, but did something yeah. happen on Steam with it? Yeah, so what happened is, I don't know, did it get released on Steam after all? Because it looked like it was only going to be on Epic. Oh, yeah, yeah, so you're right. Um, Their publisher, 4A Games' publisher, or is 4A Games the publisher? I'm not sure. 
what their relationship is there. But uh, their publisher decided to release it exclusively on the new Epic uh, mm-hmm. storefront. Right. Um, because and pulled it from Steam. Yeah, and because of that, the gamer populace got super angry and went and review-bombed all the old games because of the whole thing, um, which we've mentioned. Yeah. We've talked a lot about different review bombs, but we've also talked about how people try to game their review system in Steam by adding in good reviews so that their stuff pops up on the front page <laughs> of recommendeds. So I'm curious on how they're actually going to tackle this. Is it like, yeah. is it, what, what, what is their algorithm? Is it going to be like some sort of machine learning algorithm also that's supposed to start evolving as it goes along so it can recognize a fake review versus a good review? Like those things are going to be hard. I can't see <laughs> it working out well. Yeah. Um, they're able to, that's, that's fantastic. But again, I kind of see this as the reason why Epic is also not making, wait, hold on, Mix, mixed up my words. Epic has it so that you can opt in to having reviews on your game. Right, right. So I kind of see this as yet another reason why you can, it's a great idea to allow, allow creators to opt in or opt out because you never know what the overall populace is going to say. And there's also enough forums out there like Reddit or um, other popular game of Kotaku, whatever, <laughs> sites that you can go and place your what your feelings are for a particular title. Yeah, I, I mean, the core problem is that people have some sort of grievance, right? And so they take to the Steam reviews because those reviews, I mean, it's it's like brigading, but those reviews have an immediate impact on what the other users of Steam see. So they're, they're given a platform to accomplish whatever agenda they have through these reviews. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, like, maybe there's some other platform that they could be given that's separate from, like, legit reviews... They could still. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that those agendas are good at all, but I, I, I just know. the only place that you really can't control what people are gonna say. It's just there's not an ability to do that. Um, toxicity exists where everywhere, and there are some places where you've learned how to like get the community to rally together to create a positive environment. And there's also some places that just breed the hate. Uh, so I don't think you can, even if you could, there's always going to be some, some sub level, uh, form that's going to pop up on these sites where people can still air their grievances, so to speak. Uh, so kudos I mean, kudos to Steam for stepping up and trying to, like, to Valve stepping up and trying to, like, resolve this issue. Because we've seen, we know that they're having a lot of, of, uh, it's the best way to say it, um, a lot of negative <laughs> press due to some of their other decisions that they've made over the last few years. Uh, so kudos to them. What else do you have? Uh, yeah, the other article I had is completely unrelated. Um, <laughs> there was a rumor going around last week that uh, Sony was looking into purchasing Take-Two. And Take-Two, for those who are not aware, uh, publishes the Rockstar games. So, you know, that's Grand Theft Auto, that's Red Dead Redemption, that's all sorts of uh, other other titles as well, not related to Rockstar. But they also own 2K. 
and 2K publishes Gearbox titles and many other games as well. So this is like a this rumor was sparking a lot of conversation in the development industry right now. Um, but this article I pulled up, also from gamesindustry.biz, uh, outlines how those rumors seem to be purely speculation. Um, somebody got a hold of the uh, the CEO of Sony um, <clears throat> and was just saying it's it's just purely unconfirmed market speculation, right? Uh, he's not sure where the source of the story is. He's not sure who quoted him. Uh, or anything like that, but supposedly this is not a thing. Mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> but if it turns out to be a thing, uh, that'll be a big deal because that's a number of uh, of properties that'll be under Sony's mantle. Yeah. Yes. Let's see, um, I'm gonna take us. I don't have much else to say on that. I I don't know like how that whole thing works at all. Um, one thing that I have, so I'm going to bring us back to the whole PC sure. PC conversation, and Halo, the Master Chief Collection, is going to be released on PC. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I'm excited about that. I've, I've yes. been playing Halo for years. Oh, yes, it blew up our Discord for sure when the announcement came out. At least four articles have made it into the Discord <laughs> just around it alone. And the most interesting thing that I found about the, this announcement is how they're releasing the game. It isn't going to be as one massive download. You can purchase the game in piece, uh, the series in pieces. The cool thing is they're actually going to be starting it in chronological order of the games. Not like when they were released, but of the story for the game. So Halo Reach, which is the prequel to everything, is going to be the first one release and then everything after that. Um, so that's, that's really cool. Let me see. Yeah. yeah so it says, says Reach here, is my favorite too. So <laughs> yeah, I guess Halo Reach will be first followed by Combat Evolved. I think Combat Evolved was the only PC game for a while. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. You might be right there. And then it'll go Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, but just the campaign in Halo 4. Um, 343 in, Industry said that staggered schedule will enable it to ensure that each game is right. Um, with oh, PC you're right. Uh, Halo Combat Evolved was on PC a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, they did, with the Master Chief Collection, when it originally released on the Xbox One, they did mm-hmm. remaster Halo Combat Evolved and Halo 2. So right. those should be the new HD versions on PC. Yeah, so it says emphasizes there with PC standard features, including FOV sliders, FOV sliders, yeah, 4K resolution and ultra-wide monitor support, adjustable frame rates, and remappable keys. Nice. So for you PC gaming enthusiast, you can have some real fun <laughs> mixing, mixing and matching stuff there. Uh, so that's really fun. Did you have another one? Or did I? Uh, no, not today. All right, then I have two more. Uh, <laughs> this has kind of caught a lot of people's attention. Now, I always, you know me, 
coming out of marketing, I always harp about how indie developers, indie game developers don't really do a whole lot of marketing. Um, for some people, they say that marketing is really expensive. And, you know, after reading this article, I kind of have to agree that marketing can get pretty expensive based on the way that you decide to do it. And there's no secret that if you are a Let's Player or a Twitch streamer, that sometimes companies will come to you and offer you a small amount or a large amount to play and stream their game. That has happened, and this comes from Engadget, that has happened with EA, who reportedly paid Ninja. Uh, he got his, I don't know if you remember him, but he got his start when he first played Fortnite with Drake, and his career just kind of meteor up since. Yeah, I think that's what, what made him take off, right? He'd, he'd yeah, been a streamer is, for a while, but that's what really made him popular. It was just that one thing. Uh, so he paid... They paid, EA paid Ninja $1 million to stream Apex Legends. Jeez. For, <laughs> one for how long? It says here, uh, not for very long. Uh, it says that they, they paid him a cool $1 million to play the game on February 5th. He might not have been obligated to play for long either. An EA spokesperson told Kotaku that any streamed gameplay after midday on February 5th was completely organic. That is, they wanted to keep playing. So he might have only streamed for like two or three hours, but if he streamed for four hours or longer, at that point, it was all up to him. <laughs> that was his choice to do, not theirs. Uh, regardless, if he was paid for three hours of playing, he made one million for three hours of work. <laughs> that is that is insane. I mean, considering, uh, what, what was it, Destiny 1's marketing budget was... 250 million God, yeah imagine if you took one 250th of your entire marketing budget and put it toward one guy to play your game in front of the public for a few hours yeah yeah that's, well that's i mean ridiculous. there's that's a large amount even for ninja he acknowledged to cnn in december that he was making ooh 500,000 per month more on a good a month but that was split between Twitch, YouTube, and sponsorships. Mm. That's how much he makes per month. This was twice as much from from a single Twitch stream. Actually, uh, I was just thinking about this. You know, how much? What is their normal breakdown? And I found a good article that outlines this that I'm I'm adding to our chat here, Ooh, uh, which is how much do Twitch streamers make and how? Oh, uh, awesome! Yeah. And so, like, influencers is a new thing. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they've really taken off in the last like two or three years, really, really taken off. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool that the game industry is kind of recognizing where and how to reach their audience through these let's players. Cause this role they really are really is let's players. Uh, <clears throat> so it's kind of interesting because th this is, this isn't unique in any sense of the word for, for advertisement in general, you're going to find uh, makeup tutorialists, uh, cooking people, you name it, who artists who are given a small amount. They are sometimes paid with the product itself and told to do a little little video on it. Um, some of them are given small fees. So really, it's not new in any in any way. Um, but tell me, what did you find in that article? Well, uh, it does outline a lot of different uh, ways that they 
they can earn money. So they've got um, affiliate links. They've got selling merchandise, right? Uh, okay. Donations from people just that just donate on the stream. Mm -hmm. uh, sponsorship, as you brought up, um, and tournament winnings. But uh, they also make a breakdown of Ninja's earnings. So his uh, yearly estimated revenue is like five and a half million. Jeez. Annual. And uh, let's see, three million of that, it looks like. Oh, I'm sorry, 3.9 million of that is from subscriptions to his Twitch channel. Yeah, and that's um, cool. Yeah. That are just subscribing is yeah. Ad revenue. <laughs> um, I'm starting to feel like a grandma here. Like, why are you watching that boy play yeah. that game when you can play it? <laughs> I think it's his, his fancy hair colors. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's the secret, huh? I knew it. I need to dye my hair green or purple. That's all there I you need. Go. <laughs> that's what I need. That's what I need to um, become successful. And then uh, he his YouTube compensation apparently is only about 36k. Yeah. YouTube um, actually is not not great for revenue, which is why often YouTubers have to find other alternatives to bring in some sort of paycheck, which is why they have uh, merchandise and such that you can go buy, because that's sometimes the only way they can actually make more than off of a 15-minute right, video, right. Uh, especially if it's a slow month. <laughs> uh, or if they get, uh, what is it? Ad, not ad struck, copyright struck, or what, uh, demonetized. Their videos get demonetized. Demonetized for cursing. Um, also, they just went through like their third ad, ad apocalypse again. Uh, like, <laughs> what, yeah. so uh, ad What is the ad apocalypse? So what happened? The first ad apocalypse happened because there were some uh, videos that were done by I want to say PewDiePie. Don't quote me on this, but it was one of PewDiePie's videos that went viral. He was painted as anti-Semitic. That, oh. that caused a whole bunch of companies to come at YouTube and go, why are, why are our advertisements popping up on content like this? Now, keep in mind, PewDiePie's video was taken, like some of it was taken out of context, but they and then they kind of did a deep dive and found all the worst possible content that they could to cast them in a bad light, <laughs> which is what the media does sometimes to just sensationalize bad things. Um, so that was the first ad apocalypse. The second one comes after some kids, some um, ads were placed on some really raunchy videos that are targeted towards kids, but are in no way kid friendly. Oh, so that, I think I remember you talking about this with like. Spider-Man and Elsa not safe for work content <laughs> showing up on like kids content because it was yes. technically related. Yes. Yes. So that caused apocalypse too. The third one is, um, it was, it had to do with pedophilia that oh. these guys, there were people that were in these comments. It would be like this innocent video of these kids and then in the comment sections, it would be known pedophiles that would comment specific times for you to go view. And what some have led, been led to believe, I don't have all the information, but what has been led or what I've seen in some articles, it says that it has led to like a few like arrests and two child sex trafficking rings. <laughs> so um, that caused the the next apocalypse in ads, and YouTube has been scrambling since to kind of get 
figure out ways of controlling that because that's not content. That is, that is, um, comments (laughs) that were found. Yeah. How do you, I mean, comments have been butt on YouTube for since it started. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So this, it, so YouTube is also in hot water and that's why people are starting to see a lot of algorithm changes that also changes the way that they've also been changing the way that channels are kind of monetized and so forth. A lot of creators have been talking about how their channels have been affected by some changes that have been done by YouTube and created, including popular channels like Markiplier, Jacksepticeye, PewDiePie, all of them have had experienced some sort of um, issues with their channels. <clears throat> And you're also starting to see, and this goes back, like when you're an influencer, um, coming out of marketing, somebody that ha- that's like looked the whole, do you use influencers to promote your customers? When you're using influencers, you also have to understand the space that they are in. <laughs> so when you understand that YouTube is going through a lot of different changes, both al- algorithm-wise, um, business-wise, even you've got to look at policy-wise between like Article 13, which is something I'm still learning about, but that is a thing that is happening in Europe that is supposed to change the way that people can use content and copyright. Um, Then you have GDPR that's happening, which is also affecting because that is related to your data. And if people want to, it's the whole right to be forgotten. So when you understand all of these different changes, you also understand that the influencer landscape is changing. Mm-hmm. And the way that they use the platforms change pretty much now, if not every year, at least every six months, they're having to readjust their way of planning. Um, so some have gone from doing just two videos a, a day to maybe doing one video in a live stream because they see that has better impact on their channel than if they were just putting out continuous content every single day. Uh, so that's just a little look under the hood for some things. Yeah, uh, I hope that you know all of those those influencers who make content that you know people are big fans of can still at least you know earn enough money to keep doing what they're doing, right? Because a lot of people enjoy that content. I mean, that's the whole goal. That's why Patreon exists. That's why there's different funding methods that exist. Patreon being the most popular, but then you also have some people that might use GoFundMe sometimes. Um, there's a, There was another paid-for platform that you could do where people release the videos first on there and then would release them again on YouTube, but you had to pay. And then, of course, YouTube has their own subscription service, if you don't know that. <laughs> right, right. YouTube Red, right? Or is it YouTube? Uh, no, 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 no. Like each each channel itself now has a subscription service. So if you oh, reach that's a number right. of followers, you can now subscribe directly to those to those content creators. Um, so I'm gonna take it back to a little bit more, maybe a little bit goofy. I mean, not really goofy, but I'm gonna take this over to Polygon.com, and this is a Square Enix move. So Square Enix is removing Kingdom Hearts 3 voice actor from game after drug arrest. I, I opened this up because I was like, oh, man, what American got in trouble? It was actually Japanese. <laughs> uh, a Japanese um, actor, Prairie Taki, Taki, butchered that name. Um, but he was arrested on drug charges. He voiced Olaf in Kingdom Hearts 3's Frozen World. 
And after the news was released, it was determined that they would go ahead and release a patch that replaced all voice acting of the actor. Uh, And apparently this is not the first time that this has ever happened, not to just him, but there are other, um, other voice actors who have also had the same treatment because they've gotten caught for various things and are usually scrubbed from creative works. Yeah, it says here, where Jeez, artists arrested for drug-related crimes are often scrubbed from creative works. Sega announced on Wednesday that it was suspending cells a PlayStation 4 game Judge Eyes, known as Judgment in the West, in which Taki played a major role. So another game <laughs> he's going to be removed from as well, as which you can kind of grasp out of that. Jeez, this guy's career is shot. Oh, man. Is it, you know, so this isn't really tied to gaming. Um, I guess this is sort of a break off. But in in Asia, there's a huge move. There's just a lot of things just going on due to, like, drug and sex scandals. And NPR.com released a article about South Korean K-pop idols uh, <laughs> that have been found in sex scandals as well. And they've had, like, four people... Four idols retire <laughs> within the last couple of weeks. Like, this is not a laughing matter. These are just things that are happening. Uh, what I'm getting at here is Asia is very hard when it comes to any sort of drug or um, sexual crime that happens. Um, although the sexual crime can be a little bit more debated for South Korea. But when it comes to drugs itself, they are very strict on it. Um, for one particular idol, I'm not going to name, they were found on marijuana charges. Now, here in the U.S., we were kind of more lenient towards it in some places. Mm-hmm. But there, it's like capital offense sort of thing. Not capital offense. Like, it's not going to take their lives. But it's almost a career ender, um, which nice. happened for a few idols that way as well. So, like... This particular guy was found with cocaine in his system, so <laughs> that's a hard drug. Marijuana is more, like, easy. <laughs> that's, that's kids' play compared to that. Um, so remember, kids, marijuana is <laughs> the easy one. <laughs> don't take us. Don't <laughs> take our words for uh, that. Not the takeaway here. <laughs> <laughs> not the takeaway here. But either way, like, anybody that's kind of associated with drugs, it is a major, like, Boom. It is almost a career ender the moment that it is known. Jeez. Yeah. So um, you, you were saying they already replaced his voice in the games? They're looking at it. It doesn't oh, look... Okay. Okay. There's no talk in here on when these releases are officially going to go out, but it's not going to affect our version. Like, the English version that had the the Olaf, Josh Gad, Gad who voiced Olaf, um... That's not going to be affected. It's only the Japanese voiceover that will be affected. Damn. All right. And that's all I have. There were a yeah, lot. I don't have any other ones that I wanted to bring up this week. Right. Um, so I'll just do some honorable, honorable mentions real quick. This is mostly headlines. Uh, we're going to do ESPN.com. Warriors draft first woman NBA 2K legend. So the first uh, Warriors draft their first woman for the eSport NBA 2K legends. That's a great shout out. (laughs) And then, of course, we have a lot. I'm not kidding when I said we had a lot of Master Chief collection talk. There are like four articles in 
one person got super excited about the hardtimes.net releasing something about anthems set in a fancy fantasy world where freelancers are valued. This spoke very uh, this spoke loudly to a lot of our people who are freelancers and feel that whole grind. Um, Mortal Kombat had something or uh, Mortal Kombat 11 story trailer is out. We also have Mortal Kombat 11, the best Johnny Cage family intros so far. There's our YouTube videos. We have mention of Valve Rape Day, which will not be released. Um, so Rape Day was going to be a game. I think you guys might have mentioned it. Um, but yeah, it, was going to be a, it was going to be a game that was released on Steam for with the coming soon. It has since been removed. Um, they have said that they're not going to release it. Valve is like, this isn't happening. Um, it was going yeah, to be. It's great that that got cut off. Yeah, it was going to be a visual novel about um, the zombie apocalypse and where you could take, go and rape women. Not happening. Um, the guy, I went and read that too. And the guy was like, uh, I'm just making stuff. It's not my fault, you guys. It sounded like I'm making things. How you guys take it, that's up to you. <laughs> that's what I kind of yeah. was his vibe. Um, then we also have another Val, Valve news. Valve lays off 13 employees reportedly slashing their VR hardware division. That was on TheVerge.com. Uh, PC. Uh, tactical Breach Reaser Wizards. Uh, okay, that's not one. Never mind. Um, Google targets ads. So this is from Engadget. Google target ads at gamers who don't make in-app purchases. Well, that sounds like a... <laughs> Something that should have been read. Um, No Man's Sky is adding a multiplayer to it, which is from Engadget as well. It's cool to see where everybody likes to get their gaming news. And this is from YourGamer.net. Where in the world is Carmen Diego is playable on Google Earth right now? Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty cool. They, They made a new show for that, too. Yes, it's on Netflix. I watched some of it. Is it good? It's okay. It's okay. I only watched the first few episodes, and it's okay. I saw the ad. Uh, I like their casting for Carmen. She seemed pretty awesome. Mm. Step away from that. What? Uh, That's all we've got. There's definitely some more in there, but you know what? If you got access, you can go read them, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. Anything else? Uh, Well, of course, we need to give our shout-outs. All right. Well, thank you, as always. Thank you, Trey Hodge, for editing all of our podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, thank you to Trey. Thank you to Daniel and to you. I know you guys ran the podcast while I was away. So thank you guys so much. Um, and thank you to everybody at the clubs who've been super awesome. And congratulations. I heard a few of them have actually gotten jobs in at the industry. Mm-hmm. I can't say where they're at yet, and I don't want to put pressure, but I want to give them a huge shout-out to them. Congratulations. <clears throat> and also, we started a job board on our on our channel which we really should start using more but we started a job board and that's just to share opening open positions in any of the companies that people are interested in and it doesn't just stay in dallas we're also looking at companies that have open positions in other places um in other states in other parts of the world because there are those exist (laughs) yes uh if you are on the discord discord that is the opportunities channel 
There you go. That's it. The Opportunities yeah. Channel. We also have an event channel where a lot of us will share or plan things spontaneously for groups for people in the group. Um, so once again, if you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We'll be happy to send you a link. Or you can join us. Um, we're, we're just starting to get active on Twitter now. So yay. <laughs> it's like the premier p- platform for a lot of uh, game game people. I'm selling this. All right. So that's all I've got. Who else, who else do we have? Is that it? <clears throat> well, we need to uh, thank Anwar for making sure that all of our stuff gets posted on time. Yes, Anwar. Thank you, sir. And uh, uh, Nerdvana as well for continuing to let us host the VGOCC meetups there and the uh, the city Whole Foods as well, right? On Renner? Yes, Whole Foods and Plano. So if you would like to join us at either of our physical locations, that is Thursday at the Whole Foods off of Renner Road in Plano and Friday at Nerdvana in Frisco. Both clubs start at 8 a.m. All right, everybody. You have a great week. And we'll talk to you in the next one. Bye.